Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Hey everyone on Blog Talk, welcome to the Jesus and Paula show, <laughs> starring Jesus Christ and Paula Price. Facebook, welcome. YouTube, welcome. The world, welcome. 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 Anybody feeling especially apocalyptic today? Is it becoming more of a reality, less of a concept, more of a this is who I am? kind of thing, I tell you what, you really do need to go back, watch those broadcasts. We're going to be making sure that all of the daily 30-minute shows of Everyday TV with Dr. Paul Bryce are on YouTube on our God's Royal Network channel, as well as the Apocalyptic Prayers. Dr. Price has been rolling out a prayer every day for us to hold on to because you have to do this in tandem. It's not just one or the other. It's not only reading your words, only listening to messages, only praying, only having worship. It is a combination of all of it. And unfortunately, a lot of our training tells us, well, just pick one thing and just do it. Just lay hands on me and I'll be free. Just give me the slogan, give me the phrase. And that's not how any of this works, actually. And June 17th, through the 20th here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. They're going to put up that flyer for you on Facebook, June 17th through the 20th, 2020, right here in T-Town. We will be back for the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute. Yes, we are having our event here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The theme is our, our overall arcing theme for everything we do is where we are, what we face, taking the lead. If, if that is not a sign of the times, I don't know what is. Where we are, what we face, taking the lead. And our theme is 2020 prophetic, God's heart reset. God starts everything with a prophet. What does that mean? What does that look like? What should a prophet and an apostle do with that information? How can we work together with the Lord and with each other right here on earth? We are in such a mess. There, the, the swill of the undercurrent the demonic agenda that is rising to the surface of everything we're doing is very apparent now, but it's apparent to those who have an eye to see than those who have an ear to hear. There are people who it doesn't matter what they see or what they hear, they believe what they want to be true. And which is why scripture says, but he who has an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And those who are involved with our apocalyptic journey, those of you who are connected with leaders, who are sounding the alarm of truth and not just pandemonium, but a plan for us to move forward, uh, for us to take a hold of what God is doing and accepting and realizing the old, the old adage is true. This ain't God's first rodeo. And say just like that. This ain't his first rodeo. We're in Oklahoma. We can say it right like that. This is not the first time he has dealt with devils and humanity and people trying to take him out and take us out. Absolutely not. This is why we have to get reconnected 
or maybe connected for the first time, some of us, with those roots in God, in Jesus Christ, not just doctrine, not just racial, not just gender, not any of those things, not theology, but the actual word of God. You have to really know that theology and scripture are not the same thing. In fact, there are a lot of theologies that are not based on the word of God at all. Take a hint, take an idea, twist, manipulate, concoct, flip it, spin it. Ta-da! Here we go. This is our new gospel. Let's go back to the word that was actually written concerning Jesus Christ, the word that he spoke himself, his prophets, his apostles, because that's what we're in. Before the garden, hey, look, and it's right here. Yes, Lord. Before the garden, God's eternal continuum. We are in an eternal continuum. Where are we in the continuum? Where is God in his continuum? You want to get this book if you have not. Again, before the garden, God's eternal continuum. She says, before the garden takes on, first of all, the subheader here is a history of eternity as revealed in Scripture. I'm going to say that again. A history of eternity as revealed in Scripture. Do you know that Scripture reveals eternity's history? I thought it was about our blessings. I thought it was about our faith. I thought it was about why I'm in this thing. What can I get from Jesus? But this is a history of eternity as revealed in Scripture. Before the garden takes on numerous God, life, death, and humanity issues by walking you through Creator God's eternal continuum. If these are words that you have never put together in the same sentence, you might have to sit down and think about that. God's eternal continuum. God has issues. He has problems. We have what? What are you talking about? Imagine being able to say with certainty that there is an afterlife and what happens when one enters it. Get logical answers to where sin comes from, where heaven and hell are, and how the light and darkness struggle got started. What? These are things that only God knows, I thought. No, it's actually in the Word. Learn firsthand what happened before this world began. Who is in charge of it all? And who or what is God? This is in this book. Scriptural-based answers. We have had some highly intelligent intellectuals, intelligent intellectuals, not the other kind of intellectuals, but the intelligent ones. We have had theologians, very respectable people, read this book who know what they're talking about, say, you got all of this from Scripture, huh? Not a testimony, not 16 visits to heaven, writing about it, volume 1, 2, and 3, but the actual Word of God. You want to get this. This is about as apocalyptic as it gets right now with where we are. Before the Garden is the apocalyptic book of our day. You want to read it, study it. You cannot blow through this book in five seconds. If you do, I'm going to conclude you didn't really read it. You skimmed it. Because like God, it's not featherweight. This is for any Christian, every Christian. Seriously, though, every Christian needs this book because this is about the Lord Jesus Christ. This is about our God. This is about our eternal history and heritage, where we're coming from and where we're going. This is priceless information based on the Word of God. So in June... As we step into our, our uh, Total Prophetic Training Institute, I almost said the summit. My mind is in November. Okay. I did that earlier today. Hmm. Wonder what's going to happen then. But first, June. 
<laughs> we're going to jump into with Dr. Price cracking this apocalyptic prophetic connection as only she can. I'm just guessing this is what's happening, okay? Because hey, we're here apocalyptically. It's a prophetic event. Apocalyptic prophetic might roll out together. Don't be surprised. Bring your brain in June. Bring your brain. Prophet Hakeem Collins is returning, speaking on how and why God starts everything with a prophet from the Bible until now. Prophet Samira Alexander from the Prophet Circle, God's Prophetic, History to Destiny, Evening Workshop. Prophet Adia Peterson, profiting this generation, Sunday School, and everything else that she does. A general study of God's divine communications, which is also an evening workshop. Prophet Naeem Collins returning. What does a prophet need for God's future? Prophet Tala Price, our chief prophet of everything, profiting prophetically, <laughs> Wednesday warriors especially. What 21st century prophets need for God's hard reset? So what does a prophet need? What do 21st century prophets need? And Apostle Nona Parker, how to uh, prime a prophet to be God's igniter out of Joliet. Illinois is letting her go. Okay, they're opening. Come on here. Let my people go. And this will be action-packed, power-packed. Your life will not be the same. We, we can say that with confidence because it's true. It's absolutely true. This is a season, a, a, a sign of the times, a changing of the guard. Everything that we've been chanting and singing about for years is here right now. We're seeing it happen. And guess what? There's one thing whenever you want to see it in the spirit realm. Yeah, changing of the guard. We got next. Hey. And then there's the reality. We're going to Daniel on this one. There's a battle. Changing of the guards is a warfare. It's a fight. Devils don't go down without a fight, and neither does God. Well, he doesn't go down, okay? He takes down. He doesn't go down. So let me just pick that. Satan doesn't go down without a fight, and God doesn't take down without a fight. There is a fight. There is a battle. There is a war happening in the heavenlies, and it's happening here on earth. Why? Because the devils that these people possess, these people, yes, right? Did I say that the right way? Okay. They're, they're warring and they're arming their people to war. God is warring and those that have his spirit are warring too. Fighting back. That shows up in prayer. It shows up in politics. It shows up here on broadcast. Everybody is pushing for their God to win, which is why we cannot be complacent. We cannot just wait and see. Let the man and woman of God do all the heavy lifting. We've been, we've been leaning back on the man and woman of God for years to do the heavy lifting, and now it's time for us to raise up as the armies of God and do our job. This is a fight. If you are uncomfortable with uncomfortable things, get comfortable being uncomfortable because that's the era we are in. Eras of warfare are uncomfortable. They're not just cozy. Now, hey, there are people who live well in a time of war. Somebody is always making money. Somebody is always prospering. So it's not about everything bottoming out. But the whole era where we are used to just not being aware of what the Lord has to deal with, living in a fantasy land, living that Solomon era where David did all the warfare and Solomon benefited. Well, guess what? We're coming back around to David. It's time to war. We've eaten off the silver and the gold and everybody in the nation just in the kingdom of God doing well. Bless him. And guess what? Enemies have regrouped. Devils have found new people to possess. Agendas have been enacted as law. What once was subculture 
What once was, oh, don't talk about it, it's on those channels you have to buy to get, it's on all of those things, is now in our face every single day. You walk in the store, the men are wearing makeup and getting paid to be there. There was a time you would never, ever see that. You have children deciding what gender they're going to be and not pretending dress up but actually making a lifelong decision, come on now, with, as quickly as we change our minds as adults, much less kids, being pushed, the agendas taught in school, the things that these kids have to deal with in the school system is insane. And here we are today, right now. It's not, we're not going to wake up one day and this is just going to be over. The battle is full-blown. It's, it's in play. And it has been in play behind the scenes, and now we are seeing in the forefront what has been going on, as we've been saying, while we were sleeping, while we were on lockdown. <laughs> years ago, five years ago, three years ago, when you go back and trace prophecies and trace what God has been saying in the last 10 and 20 years, this is the manifestation and, and somewhat the beginning of the manifestations of some, the middle of others, the tail end of one, kicking off into something else. This is New Era. I love being with our chief apostle because, well, she is ahead of the curve. That's, these mantles, if, if you're constantly chasing what is happening, you can't possibly be in the office of the apostle or the prophet, or you're just a very fearful one because you don't have the boldness to do what these offices are supposed to do, which is get out front of every situation. But that means, yes, taking the hits the hardest. Yes, uh, having to shoulder the load and, and many times not get the credit and many times do get the credit. But that is what the office is. This is why we are here. And so we're raising up apocalyptic Christians. We're raising up apocalyptic officers because this is the era where we are. Happy time, gospel. I'm just going to go in and clap my hands and, and get in my prayer closet and everything is going to be okay. Not right now. Not right now. Which is why we must come out of our cage and come out of our closets and get to work. It's time to work. It's time to go to school. It, in this season, we've had more people come on the program. Oh, look, I'm messing around. Because we all thought we had more time, didn't we? I'll have more time. No, I can, you know, push this off, blow that off. There's going to be another round. This whole thing happened in a matter of, well, to us on the surface, in a matter of weeks, this happened. And there was a wake-up call. Well, so actually, I need to get in my training program. What must I do to be saved? Where do I need to go to get into destiny and purpose? How much is it going to cost me? Well, they're saying how many people are making money. It's like, I need to go back to school. I need to get my degree. I need to get right with God. I need to honor the prophecies that are on my life. Oh, my goodness. I thought I had more time. Yeah, didn't we all? Didn't we all? And this is round one. This is like, boo. Hey, when this thing continues to unfold and we see the level of demonics that are at play, in churches, in homes, in every system we have under the sun. I know that what's great about being in our seat is, hey, we have job security. Apostles are called upon in a time of war. We are martial offices in general. And now it is a time of active warfare. War is always happening somewhere, but not, maybe not necessarily always overtly. And so we're in an active war season where we all have to step up our game and realize that playtime is over, 
just waiting on Jesus is over. Passive Christianity has passed away. It has passed away. It's been gone. And now we are seeing the fruit of our laziness, the fruit of our complacency, the fruit of taking advantage of the fact that all is well, that ends well, and as long as there's peace in my time. I mean, I don't know how many saints sound like Hezekiah. As long as there's peace in my time, I'm okay. And that's really how we got here on a lot. These issues have been brought to the door of preachers for years. And the response has been, I'm not going to do anything to jeopardize my congregation. Well, where is your congregation now? At home. I'm not going to do anything to hurt my money. Where is your money now? At home with these people. Hey, there might be online giving. Hey, maybe you're doing great. God bless you if you are. A lot of people are not. We've been talking about doors closing, businesses closing. So for all of that, because we didn't come to the aid of the Lord, he's letting us have to duke it out without him. Where were you when I needed you to go on national television and say homosexuality is a sin that I don't condone? Where were you when I needed you to step up on social media to your family members on the job and take a stand for Jesus Christ, playing it safe? That's where we were, what we thought was playing it safe. No, no, no. We had a meeting. I talked to the board, heard from God and talked to the board. Right. So who's really God here? Who's really in charge? The decision maker is who is in charge. And if God isn't making the decisions with who you are and what you are doing, then guess what? Leave him alone. When we're here right now. Where's God and how come he? Right, where were we? Where were you? Were you taking a Were you doing when it counted five years ago, ten years ago? Were you speaking out against these false preachers? We were. And I say, what? You pay a big price for it then. But we're paying a bigger price now for not doing it. Collectively not doing it. Collectively protecting ourselves. Collectively watching over the offering buckets to make sure the money didn't go down, even though we did. Collectively selling out piece by piece, culture by culture, institution by institution, thing by thing. And now we're like, where's God? He's like, well, I'm where I was before. Where did you go? Where did you go? Go to the God that you traded out for. And since you're such a believer, that's part of the hard reset. That's the wake-up call. See, this needs to be a part of the repentance package. The repentance dossier needs to be kind of thick on the line items that we need to repent from. But remember, we also have the God is love. God is love. And God is love as we define it. It, and as, as he it, said it, right. Well, not even, it's just a love that we don't like. You know, I was reading the other day about God being love, and I tell you, I was really, I was taken back to, um, I was taken back to, Jesus said, don't think I came to bring peace on earth. Yeah. We don't hear that preached. Yeah. Because peace on earth makes us want to go to church and have our way. But God... Is like, um, I mean, he said, I came to set, and I heard this preached. So, <laughs> you know, I'm one of those people, I heard it preached. He said, I came to set, you know, mother against father, yes. father against children, children. And everybody, like, what kind of God is that? The God that knows where Satan's heirs are. Just because you fell in love with what you produced doesn't mean God didn't know what you produced. What? You produced the tear, and only heaven knew it. Go ahead. I'm going to let you. 
Because, see, when I heard that, when, when I heard that preach coming up, Brandy New and Christ, just to talk about the kind of God, God is like, I want my seat. That's right. So I know where the elect seat is. And I know where the elect seat isn't. And it isn't all about behavior, who's addicted, who's not addicted, right. who's this. No, it's about where heaven says it's seated. So when he said, I didn't come to bring peace on earth, he said that for a reason. He said, I didn't come to bring peace on earth, but a sword. Well, what do you do with a sword? You cut and cut out. You separate and divide. You cut a thunder. And so, yeah, it comes there. Yeah, amen. I took you a little bit, didn't you, sis? So when you now, you understand, and now looking at this, you understand that God, Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace on earth. Right. He said, I came to put peace in him and let them create their own peace. See, God, he said, in the world, you're going to have tribulations. That's what the Lord Jesus said. He said, but cheer up. Get happy. I have overcome the world. So in me, you'll have peace. So peace is a person. It's not a process. It's not a product. It's not an end game and ultimate outcome. We can, you can change people. You can constrain, but constraint is not peace. That's true. Is that right? Yeah. Constraint is not peace. Constraint is as soon as you let me know, let me know I'm going to get you. You know? So constraint is not peace. Calm is not peace. You can you can bring about calm through drugs, but peace you need the Prince of Peace, and the Prince of Peace is not ready to release his peace to the world. That's how you're gonna know the Antichrist. So you won't know the Antichrist because you're looking for peace and love, and he's gonna give you peace and love. Jesus didn't. Jesus looking for separation. I need the elect. He said I'm not going to to destroy the elect. When we read about the seal recently. If you'll remember, he said, but, you know, before we did the 144,000 or before the church left the earth, he said, mark those who have the seal of God on their forehead. So you don't see the mark of Christ on us. The devils do. That's why they cut up with us. Because they know, Satan knows his former seal. The Bible said that Satan, the the, the church was sealed up with beauty. So he had heaven sealed. Those angels have heaven sealed. So we have to start thinking differently as apocalyptic seed, as the apocalyptic offspring of the Godhead. We can't think like the world. We can't think like Christians because Christians by themselves uh, does not make you an elect. We have to be an elect Christian. Otherwise, you are a world Christian, which is why the church became part of the world because it didn't know that it was meant to be the elect of God. Now, some, some people do. So I'm saying this to you to say, people, you, Jesus did not say he came to bring peace. And the, and the fact of the matter is he's not telling you to beat your wife. He's telling you to be different from your wife. He's telling you to be the elect for your wife to see and want Christ or to make sure you marry an elect and not just a Christian. There we go. Because, see, the problem is you all are marrying Christian people in the pew, and you and can't get them in Christ. Oh, God. Because they were never there. Because the elect is there. And for those of you who have these predestination arguments, I just want to tell you right now, that won't wash with Jesus Christ. Because if Jesus doesn't know who's going to choose him, 
But he, we, you weren't in him before the foundation of the world, and he's not Jesus. There are a lot of things we do theologically that de, that define Jesus. I don't even want to say de, define Jesus as a human. You know, and I'm going to give this to somebody. Somebody that's been listening to me today, you had an argument with some of these, you know, the black Israelites and the, and the other folks, and, and, and they're talking about what Jesus looks like. Let me just tell you something. If you have to ask me, what Jesus looked like, you're trying to stay with the man and not the God. Because the Son of Man got on the cross. The Son of Man took 39 stripes, got on the cross, died, and went to hell. The Son of Man for humanity. But Jesus is God. He was God before he came to the earth and became flesh. If he's God again, which he is, he rose again to make humans deities like him. That is how we became the nation of kings and priests of God. That's how we became his sovereign. That's how we reigned with him on the earth. Because he took what Satan made mortal and doomed, and he went into the pit of hell to dump Satan's DNA from the elect. He left Satan's DNA in hell. And he went around and he begot again all of those who had died with faith in Christ. (laughs) (laughs) I got to take the crew carefully, sipping over quietly. So he, what he did is he brought everybody out of hell. That's we read about the eight souls, and that is letting us know those are pre-covenant. Believers, they didn't have a document. <clears throat> excuse me. They didn't have a document that said to them whether or not they were belonging to God. They just believed in faith. And then we have everybody who got from Adam, forget Adam, from Seth onward. From Seth onward, everybody had to go to hell anyway. But there was a, a special place for those who died waiting for the life of God to change them. So we see all of them, Jesus is in hell. He first, the Holy Ghost first begets him again as the sovereign embodying the next and uh, and final species called humanity. Once he's like that, he goes and he literally, Jesus begets again or gives the new birth to all of them in hell. Empties out Abraham's bosom. And everybody is in and puts them in him. See, because they were in hell, and then he takes and he gives them life by putting them in him. See, there's a technology to our theology. Don't you just love it? I do. See, and so he puts them, and then once he's out of it, baby, better than all Marvel comics, comics can come up with together, he breaks through hell, breaks out the darkness, we're in him. Now, so we have the new birth in him, and then we have the newly born again in him. Oh, this story is amazing. We have to preach this gospel. This is the gospel you don't hear preached. This is why you don't want to stay saved. This is why you don't want to go to church. This is why you don't want to serve God. This is why you'd rather serve devils and demons and whatever, because you don't know the potency, the power that works in you. And so he breaks through. He literally crushes hell because you know they're not going to let him out. They're not going to let him out. Well, no. no, we're, 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 we're the Lord of God. We got the Lord of Glory. We got, we got the one that cast us out. 
We've got the one that is in, come on, somebody hear me. We've got the one that cast us, that, that, that banishes us. We've got the one that caused us to become dead, Do Mortality did not begin with flesh. It began with demons. It began with the Lucifer and the anointed cherub who thought he could win. So here he is. So he is now, you're talking about himself. He's already, the Holy Ghost has brought his sovereign spirit to hell. Because he paid the price. They had him down there, did anything they wanted to do. They judged him, had false trials like they do with Trump, had these mock trials, these lying trials like they do. They trumped up some cases against him, and he, he, they could not hold him. He said, death could not hold him. Death is a being. Death couldn't hold him. Oh, wait a minute. Death couldn't hold him. Death tried him. Death beat him. Death arrested him. Death incarcerated him. Death infiltrated him. Death did everything it could do, and it couldn't hold him. And instead, he stripped death of its power. He said, I now have the keys or codes to death and hell. The man, I, I'm not even wondering in what I'm talking about today. I just want to let you know this is a gospel birth laying it all down for. So then we turn around, and death couldn't hold him. And he, so he defeats death like the super warrior he is, foot on death's chest, saying, I won. Now listen, the reason we get to one is because we were put in him. So listen to me. This is a good piece of, oh, this is a good piece of God for you. This is a good piece of God. Good piece of God. And so he, so before he could preach the gospel, he has to defeat death. You understand, he's a, he's a prisoner until he becomes the prince of life of this. So as a prisoner, he's got to wrestle with death. He's got to prove God's case. These are all the, the spirits that were in heaven, part of the spirits that were in heaven before um, that were participating in the war in heaven where Christ and Michael cast them out. See, Revelation 12 explains the whole, the whole thing, everything. And so he's got to defeat death. He's got to defeat hell. Hell is like, you're not getting out of here. I'm the flame. He's got to defeat the flame. Oh. So he is literally slapping flames and tearing down all of those kings that won't let him out. We're here forever, and so will you be. We finally have the king of kings in our world, mm. on our turf. Mm. And look at it. He's beat up. Uh, his body's in the cave, but his soul, that's why physical blows can mar your body. His soul is brutalized. His soul is bludgeoned. From all the sin that God put on him, he's carrying every trace, every ounce of God's rage. God's ire, and Jesus is carrying it, because instead of God continuing to wipe out humanity because he's mad, he decided, okay, we got the fathers, come on, we got to keep something that we make. And so they are, he's bludgeoned, and all of a sudden he sits there and he's struggling, and he's fighting just to, to live out the deal. The deal is you must do this for three days. This is the deal. Is this the price? This is the Oh, somebody, I got this. Yeah. He said, so he's got to make the three days. That's why three days are so important. 
but he's got to make the three days because if he doesn't win, not only can he not go home again, but we're with him. You know, we love to say we with the man, but down here we want we are not so sure. Okay, so we're and so the, the people who who died in faith will be disappointed. They will not live again. Hell owns them forever. The people who are to be born again under under the the church dispensation, the elect of God for the next dispensation. Because and here's something else. This is real cosmic, guys. Go with me on this cosmic thing. Ready to go? I love this woman. She cracks me up. You know, she's maturely. I told her that when I first met her. I said, you're maturely. You know what I mean? She said, I'm going to get you some pom-poms. We never did give her pom-poms, but that's okay. Huh? She did get them? No, he never did give me pop up. See? You guys, I told you middle school I was. Yes, exactly. And it shows. So let me tell you how serious, because we think this was all some sort of faith thing that we're doing, you know? God let Satan set up a faith tribunal. He let Satan set up and hold a faith court. He let him do all of that because Satan did not believe that God could bring Jesus back to life. Oh, my God. And the only way you can kill somebody is with a legal due process proceeding in God's realm. So he literally due process. And and, and so he goes, so Jesus, now remember, there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Now, they're all the same person. So essentially, Satan slaughtered God's soul. You like that, don't you? He slaughtered God because Jesus' soul went to hell. And Jesus is the Son of God, Son of Man. You can hear a little something. Did you want to say something? Okay, because that's a classic. So, so he, so now, remember, the, in the soul of the Creator, the embodiment of all things is in earth. In, in earth, in heaven, all creation, forget earth, is in heaven. Under Satan's domain. Now, before, the, only the earth was under his domain. But now we're talking about angels. We're talking about spiritual beings. We're talking about other planets. We're talking about everything that God projected and ejected from himself and caused to solidify and form as an entity. So for those three days were the worst three days for the planet, even though it, things kept going on. Because the soul of the Almighty is in hell after being bludgeoned. So God proved I can break myself down and still be me. He said, so he broke himself down. The Holy Ghost split. They all, because Jesus said, I came from the bosom of the Father, and then I'm going back. So you know your soul is in your bosom, because that's where your heart is. So he goes, so here's the cosmic backstory. This is the part we don't get. And that is, the world, if Jesus had not succeeded, the world would be gone. Because Satan had been, does not and did not have the power to sustain it because God took his power. So we would, you know, and we would have all of these deaths that nobody could understand. We'd have cosmic issues that nobody could fix. we have all of these, these uh, creation factors. There would be deterioration, deformation, drought, all of the things that God put in Christ because he put everything in Jesus Christ. So there was a lot more on the line than you being able to sing songs to Jesus and sit up and plant churches. This thing was 
This was horrid what this man did for us, and we would do him like that today. So anyway, moving on. So Jesus is literally struggling with these powers and struggling in faith. He cannot for one iota of a nanosecond think God can't pull it off. Because that thing would breathe in hell. That unbelief would breathe in hell, and his unbelief would strengthen hell. This is the feast God. This prime gospel. This is what you call the prime gospel. And so he's got to live out. In other words, he's got to defend himself and stay, stay pure, uncorrupted, un, uh, because he's already corrupted physically, but his, his, his soul stuff, his psyche cannot buy into Satan's con, can't buy into the garden, even though he's taking these blows. He can't buy into that because the minute he does, uh, he begins to inseminate and breed unbelief. Wow. Because that's what Steve Van Beek, where he's been pummeled with unbelief. He's been pummeled with doubt. He's been pummeled with grudges. He's been pummeled. That's why he can talk about the importance of forgiveness. And so that's why, and before he left the planet, he had to forgive humanity. He had to forgive humanity. And he kept telling us, we, we still haven't broken the seal on this forgiveness thing. So finally, he gets to the end of the three days. Remember, it's dark. Satan is holding the key to everything. He's the hell got the key to everything. Because, you know, hell is the prison. And death is the prison. Last enemy is death. Mm. See, because we keep thinking that there's something else. No, no. Hell is the prison. And the way God keeps them there is a, with a fire that cannot be quenched. So that the disembodied soul and spirit can never, ever find a way out because they're always burning with flames. And there could see, there's a, there's a heaven's flames don't destroy. The hell's flames consume and they can't die again because nothing God makes dies. Not ceases to exist. He just assigns them someplace else. Hell is the assignment of those that don't like his word. It's not deep. And it, it has existed before our philosophers and before us. As you can see, if they, I mean, how were there people down there? So he goes on and he, he, he lives out his, he, he meets the criteria, he, he meets the, the, the challenge. He finishes the challenge, and all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost. Now, hell hasn't had light because hell is dark. He said, with it's darkness, so thick you got. But all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost is coming to get its second member of the Godhead. The Holy Ghost is tearing up creation, and he's busting through all creation, all those principalities and powers and heavenly places. He is tearing them up. He's like, I got to go get the rest of me. And bless be God, the rest of Jesus included us. Hallelujah. See, because Jesus carried God's soul. So he's the spirit with the where the soul was intensified. We are part of his soul. That's why he loves us. That's what makes us his. So the Holy Ghost is busting through. And I mean, I, I told God, I said, Lord, one day he showed me, uh, you know, God gave me these videos. And so he showed me. And I mean, the Holy Ghost is moving faster than anything you ever seen. Everything in his way is being destroyed. I'm talking, that's why they had, come on, somebody. That's why they had the storms and whatever. So he comes in and 
inside the Lord of glory. That is why apocalyptic, uh, the apocalyptic elect, you must come forward. You must be strong. You must stand up because that is why he did it. He finally gets past earth. He, he gets into the, the, and I don't mean the physical earth. Earth was a realm before it was a, a planet. And so he goes into that hell realm, and he goes down there, and there is Jesus. And Jesus is looking, I mean, cooler than Iron Man. He just holds up his hands. He said, I'm back. And I mean, the Holy Ghost said, we getting out of here. He said, just a minute. i got to go get something. All right. And he goes, and he gets all of those people and all of those who died in faith, who were, who were corrupt and weakened, and all of their souls. And he not all, come on, somebody. He comes around, and he gets them. And as he gives them light, he doesn't just say, Live again. He just drops them in. And he just gathers them up. Abraham and everybody that was in Abraham's bosom, David, all of them. And as he's doing it, he's growing stronger and stronger and stronger because we are filling out him as he is filling us. In the Holy, and, and can you imagine the Holy Ghost is spreading the life of God? He said the power that rose Jesus from the dead. That's the Holy Ghost. You notice that, you notice that people don't want to talk about the Holy Ghost. Satan's scared of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, I, I want you to understand because he knows the Holy Ghost is not functioning up. Because that Holy Ghost contains everything that loves God. Everything is for God. Everything that likes God. And everything that attempted to destroy God. The Holy Ghost is as much God's destroyer. As he is God's guardian, and so so all now all of them. I mean, I mean, you're talking about from Abel all the way down to Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus is the last Adam, and last Adam means last man. Y'all didn't look that up, but that's what it means. He's the last man. After Jesus, even though life would go on, people would continue to conceive. It would be reproduction. They would not be the pure human. It would be reproduction. So he had to cut that off to change the human species back to what the creator come on somebody. See, I can preach this gospel. Don't tell me. I don't know the gospel. And let me tell you something. I'm not just preaching Jesus loves me, this I know. I want you to understand this man, this Christ of ours, you have bought into the propaganda of the loser. And you are following the loser's propaganda. You are preaching his narrative. You are teaching his script. And you don't have any idea who he made you. Wow. So let's go on because we're getting back to heaven. So here's Jesus. This man, I love this man. Sugar. Uh-huh. Honey, these people are in him because when they get to, they are changed. And they have the, the very seeds that were in him before the foundation of the world that Satan thought he hijacked, that he abducted forever. He turns them into his offspring, the elect. And we got Jesus multiplying Jesus in hell. So he wants, he just got to feed hell in the grave. He is multiplying hell in hell. And so he's not, now the man is having to I would imagine after all of that, first of all, I'm thinking, sweetheart, I would just like to bless you. But that's a whole other thing. And he is filling himself, all of them, because they can't get out on their own. We, I used to think that they got out kind of like on a chain or something, you know. No, no. He said, I put them all in me. Oh, jump in the ship. They all came in me. That's how he's the ark. And he put them in him and then transported them out of hell. And two bit, all the, they can't do anything but watch them leave. And watch them leave. Let me tell you something. You may believe in Satan, but the people in hell, though, they know he failed. 
So they don't have, let me tell you something, he doesn't have a happy, fitness family down there. All right. They've been on the loser, and they watch, the, they watch their nature tear him up, help his world, and empty out paradise. You know, they keep talking paradise, but they don't have a paradise until Jesus rose from the dead. So Jesus got there. When Jesus got there, he emptied paradise. See, but if we can't ever preach this gospel and preach this truth, this is the apostles' doctrine. I'm telling you, this is how God, this is why Jesus, come on, somebody. So he goes, and the man, what I like about Jesus, he said, okay, so he puts them, he puts them in his soul. Then he goes back to the sepulcher or the, or the cave, the tomb, and he puts on his body. He steps back into his body with us in him. So he put he now listen, he has a brand new soul, he has the soul of Adam, but he now is joining the soul of Adam with the soul of the Christ, which is why we are royal seed. We became royal because we became part of his physiological or zoological makeup, and the soul produces the blood. The soul transmits the blood. <coughs> I'm going to have a sip of coffee, guys, I'm, I, then i got to get wound up. i got to get wound up. I need the caffeine. i got to get the caffeine to wind me up. <laughs> So, so he goes and he goes to the tomb. He comes up and and, and I mean he is massive. Because remember, he's his soul is filled with me. He's not the guy that went down. Because when he went down, all cre all creation was, was was in him, but he left that in heaven. So the only thing he took to hell was the seed of the elect in him. And honey, let's talk about this. They wonder how you could. Yeah, he's a sugar. He's my sugar. He's a honey man. And if he's not your sugar, you need to go back and listen to this, because this man paid an awesome but awful price. He owns you. And so, so now, so he comes up. He's in the tomb. And his angels are waiting, his two guys. You know, he has the same two. They carried him all the way through. He's got the angels waiting. He steps into his body with us in his body, massive. I'm telling you, massive. It, what, what he shows the, um, the apostles, that's mm-mm. And these talk, because all of these people in hell are not beasts. They're full-grown, zoological beasts. Creation is put back in. Okay? And they see for this. I know I he goes down, beat now with all and and truly his whole um reproductive system, his loins are full of feet up. And that should be massive enough. But no no. Those that he takes back, no no, they in him. And he's getting them all back home. So he goes there, he puts on his body, and not only does he put on his body, he said, but I got a few that have not yet been met. And it said, the people in the grave. Yeah. And he yeah. said he was going to do, he said, there's going to come a time when um, people are going to hear the 
voice of the Son of God, and they're going to come forth. He started saying, he didn't even have, you know, he has a frequency, so devils don't obey him. See, that's what I know about God's frequency. Devils can't obey Jesus because they don't have his frequency. So, I mean, that's why they can ignore him, because they're not affected by his frequency, because he took them off line. So, honey, he turns around and he starts saying, all mine, come forth. And it talks about in Matthew, um, I believe it's Matthew 27, all of the saints. And the saints that was in the grave, they came forth because he had their souls in his body. We have never preached the gospel the way it was lived. There are, I, I keep telling people that I found like at least 20-something branches or strains of the gospel. And so, and if we can't put the gospel tapestry together because we're too busy soul winning and then hoping that God does the rest. So he turns around, <coughs> he's got, so he's got all of those that were in hell. The Holy Ghost, I'm sure, is carrying their body, but for sure the Holy Ghost is embodying them. And the Holy Ghost is encasing Jesus. Because we got to go home. Those angels was, I bet you they were some kind of, oh, our, our king has come home. Honey, because those angels are like, why are you looking for him here? He is risen. Like he said he would. You know, it's kind of like, so go find him. <laughs> you know? He said, I'm telling you. So they, and then Jesus gets back home. And let me tell you something. Before he finally leaves, he says to them, don't touch me yet, Mary. Because I have not removed your mortality. And, and I know that it was a contaminating thing, but if I know him being the ark, it would have killed him. His purity and holiness would have killed him. Okay? Because remember, when he was in the little box, he kind of cut up a little bit. You know, he put him in the little box. Okay? Uh-huh. And like, don't you see all these priests? They are to touch me, not you. And so she wasn't shielded or protected or covered by the blood because his blood was not yet on the altar of God to release the protection of the coverage of the blood of the Lamb. And when we say blood, when we say blood, we're not just talking about the red clay stuff. God, Jesus did not take clay blood to God's altar because it was doomed. So all of the, one of the reasons why we can't figure out the coverage of the blood of the Lamb has everything to do with the fact that we are looking at blood from mortal. It's mortal side. Uh-huh. Now, an understanding that Satan's blood is lethal. For saints, for saints, it becomes fatal because we've gotten the blood of Christ. But Satan's blood is lethal. God, when he doomed him to die because blood is the life of all flesh, what else could his blood be? Even the blood of his children. That is why we have disease and that's why we were susceptible to all of this. Because Satan's blood is lethal. Mortal blood is lethal. That is why Jesus had to take it to hell. 
So everything that God did, every physiological, technological, you know, um, thing that God did, everything, viral, viral, whatever, he had to leave it all in hell. So hell was worse off for happening. That's why I made the thought about it. He said, we should have him on earth. But whose idea was it to kill him? Like people thought it was a great idea to lock us in our houses when give us all this time to dig in their business. <laughs> okay? I mean, we got kids who are hackers that are hackers par excellence, and they can break the seal on this. Yeah. They are kids that have nothing else to do, and they home all day now? Oh, my God. <laughs> Not in school. Don't have to do homework if they don't want to. Guaranteed time. Let me tell you, that wasn't a smart thing, but that's how Satan is. He gets to believe in him. He's so finished, he thinks he's won. And so Jesus turns around. He pours out the blood of the justified. He's justified because, you see, sin is in your blood, and sin is passed through blood, which is why sexual sins are destructive. That's why they're infectious. So he goes, and God says, so the, see, the blood, see, the blood, because it's the blood that's the life of all flesh. So Jesus has the life of every being in him. So when he pours out his blood, our blood is mixed with his. And God says, oh, see, we say justified, and that sounds nice. So that's the legal side of it, because, you know, you have to write a legal report. You do, you do your inspection. You do your examination, and then you have to write a legal report. So the legal report is justified, acquitted, everything that was in Christ. So it was Jesus' job also to make sure nothing came out of hell that wasn't justified in him. You said Can you imagine? I want to go. I want to go. I love you, Jesus. I could love you. I don't love you. I never did love you before, but I could love you now. Jesus said, not so. And you never knew me. And so he goes, but in God's thing, God has to inspect the blood. What blood? The, the, the life fluid that his world subsists on that he designed and created. So he, here's what justification means. Free of Satan's doom. So Satan has no longer does he have anything to contaminate the blood, to contaminate you, God put everything that Satan's blood could, could engender or generate on Jesus Christ. Everything. He put it on him, broke his blood so that even the bleed, his open sores would allow all of that that's in the atmosphere to get into it. And so he walked, because his blood had to spill on us. You understand that the mortal side of his blood, the, the, the clay part, were on earth. The eternal part, that's something else. And God had to send it to hell, had to justify it and say, yep, he, he, oh, you know, I'm, he, he, he is God. So, like he did with Joel. So, you see my son? You see? You see, I gave him to you to do anything you want to do? Do you see he still didn't renounce me? Technically. <laughs> but I mean, even technically, yeah. technically, he didn't renounce me. Sure. All right. Did you notice I let you do everything you wanted to do to him on earth and in hell, and he 
still defeats you in righteousness. He still testifies. He still praises my name. Listen to his heart. Let's get past the beast. Let's get past the beast. And let's listen to his heart. So, okay, so we are 24 hours in. You've done pretty good. Okay, so we are 48 hours. Listen to it. Look. He has survived and thrived it. Oh, we are two days and uh, 59 seconds. So tell me this. We agreed on three days, right? Did we agree on three days? We said if we did it for three days, right? We agree. Okay. So that means I can I can deliver him. I can get him out, right? You have to let him go. Okay. Now remember, we also agreed that if he made us three days, he could have everything else as mine. And he can bring that out. You do remember that, right? Yeah, I know. You don't want to admit I know you don't want to admit it, but the truth is he paid the because we, we agreed on this. Remember, before this happened, way, way back, we agreed on this. You said if I let you have him, you would break him. So I gave him to you on the cross, and I let you break him. Unfortunately, you thought that was the end. And then I gave him to you in hell, and you still haven't broken him. So can we call this a win? Not a win-win, a win. So you got to let him go. And before he could even accept it, the Holy Ghost is busting through. All that light. Can you imagine? By the way, he, he's been in room. He was in room when this all first. Because the Holy Ghost looked. He's like, are you kidding? God's like, I'm going to let you kill me. I let you kill my soul, slaughter my soul to show us what was lost in the garden. I don't know about you, but I know to me, that thing, that Jesus man. Anyway, that's my introduction. If you are a Bible teacher, a genuine, thoroughly committed and devoted Bible teacher, you should in the next three months walking your people through your students through this this account. I don't call it a story because people have it in their mind, the story's a lie. <laughs> and so, you know I mean, what do we think about the media? They give us stories every day. We don't believe them. They long since don't care them. we don't believe them. We just they, they have television space. We need something to do while we make dinner. <laughs> But we don't believe them. I mean, you, you took a poll right now. I would tell you probably two-thirds of the country does not have, not have zero faith in the media. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're just conditioned. They're, we've not had an alternative to them. Whenever life shifts, you know, for there's a time and a season for every purpose and every way that work under the sun. So, but if you go and spend the next three months, and I mean, I'm sure I gave you the fast story. I gave you the cliff notes because if I were teaching this and I was in a session teaching this over a period of time, it would take several weeks because I'd walk you through. I would literally strand and interstrand all of that in a way that lets you know that why we are not a religion. 
We are a nation. We are the nation of Jesus Christ. Nation, kings and sovereigns beget nations. Why? Because what they birthed transferred their nature. And so we are nations. Everybody knows, not, while we can all have the title, not everybody can take the weight or the burdens or the duties and responsibilities of the office attached to it. So I want to share something with you. I don't know if that was, you know, we might get a good uh, tell. I don't know. But I want to say this. Um, I want to talk to you about principality prayer. I don't want you to stop praying principality prayer. And we're gonna we're gonna do enough, we're gonna do it again because we need to. But I want to show you, um, if I can, I want to show you that it is our job to do this. We are supposed to do this. When false people, when when the wicked are in high places, it is our job to bring their principalities down. Paul talked about it. We do not war, you know, against the flesh. Let's go for flesh and blood. You know, for we wrestle not, which is why we need the whole armor of God. I'm going to read 610. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Now, I want you to not read it the way you heard it for the last 35, 40 years. Okay? Because, see, you, get, you know, you can get whole arm, I'm drunk. So it says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Today, we are dealing with the wiles of the devil. I want to interject for a moment here that you definitely want to go to Daystar where, uh, where they have an entire guy who's unveiling Bill Gates. And so you want to go to Daystar. When you get it, don't just watch it. Pass it along. Pass it along. Because I said from the beginning that, this was, that the whole thing is Gates and Fauci. Now, Fauci already told us that they did all of this to get Trump out of office. They, he said, well, we're not sure. He's going to keep this lie up to the end because if he tells the truth, everybody goes down. So if we don't pray down his principality and pray down the princes of the power of the air that are empowering him, this thing is going to go another way. But we are the apocalyptic offspring of God Almighty. We sit in heavenly places in Jesus Christ. We are filled with all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. We are in Christ, in behind the veil of his flesh. So I'm telling you, all that I just said is why we can have not just a hope, but we can have an expectation, a determination that we can stop this. We can, I don't care what they did to our computers. Trust me, we pray that they they can do whatever. You know they did stuff to your computer. Every time you turn around, your computer's doing something else, and they keep telling you to sign in and sign in because they need your code. I believe we're going to move to an era where people are going to have modemless computers. We don't need that stuff. We did a lot of things before them, and have we known that they were going to hate us this much? I mean, they hate us. Don't, don't get it in your mind that they're doing this for technology's sake. They're doing this because they hate you, and they hate you because the devils, the principalities that they took on are the fallen that have always tried to wipe humanity out. You are going to have to come to terms with that. But, you know, it's real. Yeah, earth's real. So everything on earth is going to be real. There will be physiological substances and, and, and uh elements attached to it. We, we, I mean, we do have a periodic table. We do have some. All of that's real, chemistry and all of that. But you need to understand that these people are doing this because they have been taught, 
told by faith that they are better than us, that they are superior to the human race. That's why Bill Gates wants to literally wipe out the human race, talking about we only need a half million people. Well, who is he? Who is he? He's somebody that a principality has entered and is moving and using to carry out an eternal agenda. Remember, I just told you, they got kicked out of hell, Revelation 12. And then they were, this earth was their prison until God said, let there be light. We, God did not start, let there be light in a world that was thriving and, and populated and, and vibrant. No, he started it with the earth, the whole earth being underwater, blacker than black, because, you know, the darkness was not just the absence of God's light, but it was also the, the, uh, the coagulation of the light of the being that he took light from. So don't get it in your head. Now, I know a lot of you all are like, I just don't care. I just know I got a headache. I didn't sneeze. Baby, whether you have a headache or sneeze, you know, soldiers get this. That doesn't make them any less soldiers, and it doesn't make the reason that they're in a the battle any less valid. So we're going to have to do things differently. So we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I love this. But look at this. Against, that, that means the problem isn't human. The problem is spiritual. But against principality. Now, I need you to understand that my Bible says, when I was, now, it was unintentional, but I think it was timely. My Bible says that principality here talks to those in the princely rank, dignitaries or jurisdictions, princely territories or countries, who are enjoying or exercising favoritism and partiality. And guess what? They are not, listen, we are not their favorites because we are the elect of God. So when she gave you this talk about all of the things that we let happen while you went home, he, he, he made you feel really good. You went home and you became the family man and, the, and you became the stay-at-home mom and you had the, the happy ide- idealistic or ideology family. You did all of that. You decided if you wanted to go to church or did you want to go to the soccer game? Did you want your children to learn Jesus or did you want them to learn the sophistications of the world? Well, here we are, folks. Here we are. But the Bible said every doctrine, every doctrine will show itself. It will bear its fruit. And this is the fruit of that doctrine. Your kids can't go to school, so where's soccer? Where's football, baseball, basketball? We can't even get the athletes that we did like to do anything. Because, see, they've been blackmailed too. So you don't understand, this is a real issue. And one of the things that they said, and the day star thing is that the, the scientists told this man, told this man that what he was doing was unhealthy to humanity. And he, he put a gag order on them and told them if they let it out, he would pull their funding. So he's using his billions to annihilate us. That's what he's doing. And he's binding up pharmacists, hospitals, anybody that can expose him, anybody that can help us save ourselves, he's binding them up, he's threatening them, and he's impoverishing them. You all need to watch that day start. I mean it, everybody, under my voice. I commission you to watch that and watch it more than once and then pass it on. And when you watch it, make sure you capture it because you know crazy happens. 
I applaud Daystar for being one of the networks that's bold enough to say, we have to save ourselves. This is about humanity. I applaud them. I cover them with the blood of the lamb. I cover their growth, stability, and, and their prosperity in Jesus' name. I cover their rank. I cover their staff. I cover their people. I cover their viewership in Jesus' name. I literally commissioned the angels of God to take them about in everything that concerns them, family, friends, everything. Because let me tell you something. Christians, Christians are not known to take on giants. Remember, God's people, David and Goliath, the whole army is in the cave. The kid comes to bring lunch, and he ends up having to kill the body. I want you to understand, because the kid said, who are you to defy the armies of the living God? And today, it's still the same thing. Remember, every Goliath has a David, and every David has a slingshot. Amen. So it said, but against principalities, against powers, I mean, I'm thinking about that. That is just powerful. Against powers. We're talking about, um, let me just get that right, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. You see, that's where you come in, you and I, because we are supposed to be the, the, the rulers of the darkness, supposed to sit, submit to the light. But see, they talked you out of running for offices. They talked you out of, uh, we don't want to elect a Christian. Do we really want Jesus in the White House? We don't mind him being on, in, in the church. We just don't want him in the White House. <clears throat> and a lot of you are. And you say, but I love my Savior. No, you don't. You don't love your Savior. You love the idea of a Savior. Because if you did, you'd be back in Trump. You'd be backing these forces down right now that are harassing him. He'd have never gotten to impeachment if you loved your Savior because he was fighting for your Savior. He was who your Savior was losing. And I want you to know Jesus is going to tell you the truth. When you stand before him, and you got, you, even when you go through, because you're going to go through, because Jesus said, if you deny me, I'm going to deny you, which means your covering is gone. See, we don't tell you what that means. Deny means renounce, reject. Refuse. Read, look up deny. So when he says, I'm going to deny you, you need to study your word because you are so busy listening to preachers who got a paycheck in the, in the back pocket, who's got a bank account, who's got a diamond mine somewhere, who is going home every night and, and facing east and worshiping. Day, uh, see, you're listening to them. And you don't even find out. Today you can find out what your preacher believes. You don't have to take it for granted. Who is, who is your preacher hanging out with? Who are they sitting with? You, who are they teaching? Because you need to understand. You realize a lot of these prophets that, that we're dealing with today have been with shamans and are Buddhists, and you're following Buddhism through there? You probably don't know that. Look up your people. See where they vacation. See what they call a retreat. Before you decide to face off with God's choice, make sure yours is God. So it says here, I really do love this, and I get that. But we do. But we're talking about powers or authority of the darkness against spiritual, this is the principality part, against spiritual wickedness and high places. Now, we tried to tell you this 10 years ago, and then we had a whole rash of theologians that said that wasn't right. And you know the ones that told you Satan is not a person? So God's a person. The anointed cherub was a person. Lucifer, they saw was a person, but Satan's not a person. 
even though Revelation 12 ascribes to him persona. That old red dragon, the serpent, the devil. So you, I mean, and we talk about Christians who don't believe in the Bible, then you don't have a hope. Because if you don't believe in the Bible, then you must be believing in Satanism. Because there is nothing else to send the tide of darkness but us. We are it. We are it. So I want to share with you. So that's one of the things, one of the passages, you know, I'm going there. Tell somebody she's getting there. So we're going to, this is a class. I just pulled this out of a class because the class is not coming for a little bit. But I'm working on it every day. And so, but again, now we said spiritual host of wickedness in high places. Now God has faced this before. Turn your Bible to Isaiah 22, 14. Make sure you watch that, watch that thing because you, you, we're going to collectively pull every principality out of Bill Gates. Reverse, because see, let me tell you something I know. And if you all didn't hear prayers today or yesterday, you need to listen. But let me tell you what I know. He, we just read from a season six, we pull down principality. We extract them. And, you you know, we prayed that, but we didn't put it together because, you know, we go line upon line, precept upon precept. We grow in God. But I want to tell you something. There, you have to pull their devils out. You have to put their devils under arrest. You have to shut their being so they can't call another force because Satan will just switch them out. So you've got to shut their being, everything, him and everybody like him. Find out who's in the list. And we told you earlier this week, did we talk about band.video yet? Well, you're going to find out. Because we got, if you can go, I said to you all, do your homework. I want you to do your homework. Christians are supposed to be, I mean, the offspring, let me just say this. Those Christians, maybe not so much. But the offspring of the Godhead, God's elect, are supposed to be superior beings. We're supposed to be brilliant. We're supposed to be Christ replicated. So we cannot just jump on every bandwagon because somebody has it. We can't go following people around simply because, well, it just reminds me of my alma mater. Well, it reminds me we, we were in fraternity together. That's mortal thinking. And we need to come out of mortal thinking. And we need to move into the thought of the immortal. The angels don't have a problem. They don't have a problem. God's world doesn't have a problem. I'm telling you, we're supposed to be of superior intelligence. And as much as you think this word made people dumb because the the non-elect had a problem, see, you have to find out if somebody is speaking as the elect or they're speaking as our adversary. Because I'm going to tell you right now, this here thing, Made me break. You just heard me run this down. I mean, I, I ran this whole thing down and didn't say, wait a minute, hold up, wait just a minute. Oh, okay, uh, well, okay I'm gonna get back to you. No, no, I ran this this Bible. I know it's the living word for the elect. It's a dead word to the lost, but it's a living word to the elect. He said because he said if their minds are blind, it's because they are lost. So I didn't. So this thing, you can talk all day long, all of this wisdom I got, this here is what I got from Jesus. Because when you get to a certain point of studying this thing, he brings you into his world. And then he steps out of anonymity. He comes from behind the veil. We want to talk about him coming from behind the veil to make us feel good in church. We can lift up our hands and say, no, no, brother came from behind the veil with me. And he said, now, I can teach you about myself since you're interested. 
to you are caught up with the print. You're caught up with the theologians that have been raised up. Some of them not good students. You don't even know if they were good students or not. Okay? Okay? I don't care. If, and you realize that Satan designed a lot of these diseases, degrees. Because, and you know he did because they didn't let him study the Bible. Because he knew if he let you all get this in your degree program, we're going to populate the world with superior beings. We're the elect. In my school, I don't care what your call is. You better learn this book. And if you don't learn this book, as far as I'm concerned, you know nothing. Because I can't make you who you are. I didn't write your destiny. So we're going on. And so let's read this. I know, I know, you know I'm excited about it. Hallelujah. That's my new lesson. Had a little talk with Jesus. Now I share my blessing. My people. <laughs> I thank God. Okay, so. Now you can read all of. Isaiah 22, but the point that I want to make, I think you're going to figure it out by the time I finish reading. Settle in. And it was revealed in mine ears by the Lord of hosts, surely this iniquity shall not be purged from you till you die, saith the Lord. So there are certain things God's never going to take off. All right? He's going to use it to purge you. Thus saith the Lord God of hosts, go get thee unto this treasure. Now, other translations call them officers. Go get thee unto this treasure, even unto Shebna, which is over the house, and say, What hast thou here? Or what are you doing? And whom hast thou here? Why are these people appointed by you? That thou hast hewn thee out a sepulchre here, as he that heweth out the sepulchre on high, and that graveth an habitation for himself. In other words, kings consider themselves passing over to another physical form, so they made a place for their bodies to stay safe so that they can be there, for, first of all, to commemorate, but secondly, for people to idolize and begin to worship them after death. Okay, behold, the Lord will carry thee away with a mighty captivity and will surely cover thee. He will surely violently turn and toss thee like a ball into a large country. There shalt thou die, and there the chariot of thy glory shall be the shame of the Lord's house. So this guy is supposed to be over the Lord's people. So you all wonder why everything happens to really good preachers. You better check their past before you start blaming God. You better check their past background because, see, you all are quick to say God's unjust as if, as if anything human can be just before God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. God chose to wink at our sin. And now we want him to part out, close his eyes. We went from winking to blinking to closing his eyes. <laughs> Just go sleep, man. Just go <laughs> And so he began to install staff in the Lord's house from paganism, devils. And so because devils are walking people. Otherwise, all you have is an influence. But they don't. They don't get to wield power and affect laws and affect government unless they're in people. That is why I keep saying, pull these principalities out of their, of their human host. Because, see, we got power over there. According to Jesus, we have power over all the power of the enemy. The Bible said we, those that believe will cast out devils. 
so you don't have to wait until they come to you. See, we, we've been taught that if they come to us, we can cast them out. No, no, y'all have come to us. This man has created a vaccine that he is using his money and his clout to force us to take. He is firing people who won't let him kill us. People are being impoverished because they cannot rescue us. So I'm going to tell you right now. Now, this is Gabe. And, and, so, and, he, and Satan has told him, I've made you too big. I've made you too wealthy. I've made you too strong. They can't touch you. No, we may not be able to touch you, brother, but we can go after your devil because they belong under us. We are over every devil there is. Satan is not under your feet simply because you got faith and you like to sing a song running around the church. He is under your feet because before you were created in this planet, he was under your feet. Before you were created, remember day six, we were made. And we were not made in the swamp. We're not a swamp thing. He's a swamp thing. We were made and we spent 24 good hours in the Almighty at this seat. Hence, we were in Christ before the foundation of the world, even then. So don't get it in your head. That, well, what can you do? Uh-uh. We are going to mount up. I told you, God showed me a vision. All of his children around the world coming together, and, uh, and I mean literally warring and casting out those devils, and I mean the cloud was real. It was a real cloud as the battle went on in the heavens because it's time for us to get in the heavenly battle. We've been wanting the angels to do it. But I'm going to tell you the truth. We have just as much right up there removing the darkness as anybody else. As a matter of fact, we have a duty. And if we all come together, it doesn't make a difference how many of their satellites will fall. They won't even understand because heaven's going to slap them down. See, they don't believe in us. But they believe in their God. We should believe in ours. We are seated in heavenly place in Jesus Christ. I'm going to finish this up. And so it says here, now, look, he was surely, no, so this treasure, God is tired, he has destroyed the God's house. Because the Bible is not just a narrative and not just, a, it's not a full-fledged history book. It's a snippet of God's history, experiences, inspiration. But the Bible said that God compiled what he did for examples that we could follow. This is an example. So he said, he, he said I'm going, I will, I'm again, he will surely violently turn and toss thee like a ball into a large country. What is he saying? I'm going to exile you from your land. There you shall die. You'll die as a nobody. You're exiled. And there the chariots of thy glory shall be the shame of, in other words, your enemies will take all your possessions. All, of the, all your pomp and circumstance is going to be turned into of mockery, and people are going to laugh at you. I thought you had it going on. I thought you were so and so. And then verse 19, and I will drive thee from thy station. And this is the point. Because remember I told you it was status. Does anybody remember what I said? Status. Excuse me, let me go back. Stature, status, station, standing. Here we are in Isaiah 22, 19, and I will drive thee from thy station and from thy state or status. I will pull you down. Mm-hmm. 
He said, and it shall come to pass in that day that I will call my servant Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, and I will clothe him. See, I told you, passing of the replacements already. And I will clothe you. Listen to me. I will clothe him with your robe and strengthen him with your girdle or your belt. In other words, your band of authority. Okay? And I will commit your government into his hands. And he shall be a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. We are of the tribe of Judah. Jesus was born of God. That's why we came to pray. He, that Jesus made us royalty. And look at this. This is good. Verse 22. This is Isaiah 22, 22. And the key of the house of David will I lay upon his shoulder, shoulder. So he shall open and none shall shut and he shall shut and none shall open. And I will fasten him as a nail in a sure place. And he shall be for a glorious throne to his father's house. And they shall hang upon him all the glory of his father's house, the offspring and the issues. Hey, God. Yeah, yeah. See? Look it up. The offspring and the issues. I love that. You know? And, and that means, out, uh, in other words, out. See, this is where we will prophesy. And this is not the only place, but this is where our sovereignty is prophesied. Our right to sovereignty is prophesied. Love this man called Jesus. Y'all love him. I love him, sugar honey man. And and they shall lay upon him all the glory of his father's house, the offspring and the issue, all vessels of small quantity, from the vessels of cups even to all the vessels of flagons. In that day, saith the Lord of hosts, shall the nail that is fastened in the sure place be removed and be cut down and fall, and the burden that was upon it shall be cut out, for the Lord has spoken it. So God is ready to install the replacements. What does that look like? That means that you need to pay attention to this election season. This is all about the election. You decide whether or not you allow everybody gates have threatened and punished and terrified us stays in power, or you vote for humanity's survival. That's what this is about. This is about humanity. You decide that. Here we are again. They're trying to come up and do something else to trump up another charge against Trump. Okay? They're doing it again. And you know what? Here's the question we need to ask. Why do we keep having to be drugged through the mud because of their vendetta? You need to stop, and you need to say, tell your senators, tell your officials, we are tired of being drunk through this vendetta that the Democrats have. This is a gate issue. I want you to understand. This is a Soros issue. You need to do your homework. Tell, write it down. I must do my homework. And you need to stop voting for media propaganda and vote for the survival of our race, a species. The media does not want you to know the truth. If they did, they'd tell you that they receive memos every day of what to say about this. You, this is us, the apocalyptic sons and daughters of the living God. We are the sovereign sovereigns. God, uh, we will, I just told you, our job is to change the guards. We change the guards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We do. Because when you start calling those devils out, these people can't finish. And, we, when, we, when, and when they start leaving, when this is over, I'm like, I need a nap. <laughs> I need a nap. But listen to me. This is important for you to get. We must pull their devils out of them. 
and we must pull them out of the war, the witchcraft and the occultism that's also feeding them. So you can't just pull them out of the person. You must pull these the principalities that are fueling this paganism. You must pull their devils out. You pull them out. You command them. You don't have to, they don't have to want to be. We just cast them out. You understand that? They don't need to say, I want to be delivered. We want you delivered. You don't do it. And then we must finish this. And so we're going to do a prayer exercise. But we must finish this. We have the authority. They, they, all they can do is switch and swap devils. We have the legal authority to pull them out, to remand them to the abyss, to shut their access, to break their axles with the earth so that they can stop using this access point. That's their pocket. That's us. And we have the right to say, listen, we are not allowing anything satanic to win in office this year. We're just not, we're not, we're taking everything up. We are the apocalyptic offspring of Christ. We are the seed of the living God. I gave you a whole testimony of how Christ defeated Satan. I have preached it. You found it in scripture. So don't ask why. I'm excited. This is Pentecost Sunday. You know I'm excited. Baby, this is the day we came to earth. Hallelujah. The day we came to earth. So I need you to think differently, but I need us to recognize we have the power. And you know what? One could chase, chase a thousand, two could put ten thousand in flight. You begin to pray. These, you prophets, are you kidding? You prophets, you get up there in your high seat and you pull them down. You tell them that because it was a Isaiah was a prophet. You get up in your high place. You apostles, you get up there as the senate of God. You are the earthly tribunal senate of God. You judge these things for what they are, and you submit them to the due process of deliverance and eviction in Jesus' name. You do that. Intercessors, stop walking around talking about, I'm not sure. If you're not sure, get off the battlefield. But if you're sure, then you begin to start saying, I rise up. You are our God. You are infantry. You go forth, and you begin to break this thing open by the Holy Ghost. Pastors, bring your church up. Because I'm going to tell you something. You can say all day long, I may not like this. I don't agree. But I want you to understand, your people are going to live with your judgment. The Bible says we control government, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Nobody understood that better than Isaiah, the lawgiver. The government is on us. We control government, and it's time we took it back. So, no, we may not. I don't care what they say. We may not. Well, you know, he said, no, he's running on a devil, and it's our time to take and exercise our authority over all devils. Because that's what the, did Jesus say that? I'm, I'm almost done. Can I just finish? Yeah, I'm going to finish because I got, I got the thing. I'm putting on my glasses. I'll be able to finish. I can see. Y'all know I got to see. I want to tell you something because this is powerful stuff. We have, Satan was smart. He did not take us out of church. He took us out of Christ. How did he take us out of Christ? He took us out of the Bible, and the scriptures are his word. And the Bible said in the beginning was the word, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. You need to understand, y'all need, we need to have throw-down Bible study. I'm not talking about that wonderful stuff. We like, I want you to know we need to have throw-down throw Bible study. Come on, please. So let me show you. 
Let me tell because I let me, I tell myself, oh, you kidding? And we you cannot tell me you got a revelation I can't find a scripture from. Or well, you know, there are some things that's not in the Bible. Everything that pertains to the author and everything that pertains to the author of our salvation is in the Bible. Yeah. Otherwise, how are we gonna know we say? Matthew ten, and when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. COVID is a disease, right? Okay. That's why they didn't want us in church. Now the name, now listen, I want you to hear something because see, you only hear this part when the theologians try to tell us the apostles are not for the day. So listen to this. It says, and when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power. Now, we go over here after he defines the power and issues the, the capacity and the endowment for the power. Verse 2 says, now the names of the 12 apostles. He changed their names. Because, you know, well, no, he just calls them, no, 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 that's not what he said. And he tells you that he sent them forth to go and do what he gave them to do. In verse 8, I love this. First of all, we've been doing it kind of back, backwards. But it says here, verse of, uh, 7, and, he, and as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That means it's bursting through. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. I did. <laughs> you like that song today. I sure did. Now, I, the reason I'm telling you is that we have been mistaken thinking we can't do it. You, let me tell you, Miss Valley on the corner is there by your permission. You understand that? These, these devils that are terrifying our medical professional, they're there by your permission. You need to revoke their permission and then restrict it. Now, I want to tell you again, um, because this is very important. You don't have fun, right? Oh, So, because I'm going to give you two last things. Now, I'm going to Daniel 10.21. And this is, we, we have all heard it preached about Daniel in his 20. Uh, one day fast. And, you know, and we say, well, put one day fast in, and it showed up, and then the angel gave him the revelation. But now we need the, I'm going to, as God's apostle, break the seal on that, because that's my job. We are stewards of Christ's mystery. So there we go. And so verse uh, 10, 20, then he said, this is Eve, this is Gabriel, said, uh, wherefore I come thee, or why did I come? He's asking Daniel, why did I show up to you? And he said, now I will return to fight the prince of Persia, and when I'm gone forth, lo, the prince of Greece shall come. So you understand that the 21-day holdup wasn't God just, just, you know, making Daniel suffer. He had said, he said, Gabriel said, he said from the beginning. So you understand the warfare over us, over humanity, has always existed, particularly God's possession. So but, but this is powerful. Verse 21. Okay, can we? Uh, I know. But I will show thee that which is noted in the scripture of truth. 
This is powerful stuff, folks, because the scripture of truth did not have a book of Daniel on earth. There was no Daniel scroll. So the scripture of truth is what the angel brought to earth. Same thing with the revelation, because you know that uh, the angel had to bring it to John. So God has a Bible, and what we get are just excerpts from it as they're needed. He said, and there is none that holdeth with me in these things, but Michael, your place. You need to, I mean, focus on that. That's a powerful statement. He said even the angels got promised. Even they are wrestling. And they have to fight. So we've got this army fighting, this here battle fighting, and this is after Revelation 12. And so Michael has the instructions and the guidance of the scriptures. And he's warring according to the scriptures because they contain the will of God and the destiny for humanity. And he says, listen, only Michael. Now, when you read the next one, if I could read it, the next one said, also, I, in the first year of Darius, the me, even I stood up to confirm and to strengthen him. You understand that the angels of God appoint, and not only appoint, scripture designates and appoints. But the angels of God installed. They tried their best to get rid of this president. And you know what? Gabriel said not so. From day one, not so. Because they know what it means. So here we are. You know, here we are. It says here, but I confirmed him. So when God wants to put somebody in power, hell can't remove him. And you've seen that. They've done everything they could to this guy. I pray for him regularly. God, he needs some more strength. We need to give him some more power. We need to do that. Why? Because he's blocking Satan's annihilation of us. He's a blocker. So you think about the, the people who get behind that that um, that football. What is his name? The one, the quarterback. Our job is to see to it that he gets to the end zone, that he makes the touchdown. That's our job. Because you can remove him because of all your strong and super um, case of and political issues that Satan contrives, but you need to go and do your homework. Study even study his background. You know, before you open your mouth and say, I don't care, I just don't like and, you, and somebody asks you, I don't know, that's what the media said. Oh, are you kidding? Do a moment. Take off your helmet of brainwashing. What? And for a minute, give your brain an opportunity to do something important. Think. He said, now he said, so I stood up and to confirm and to confirm and to strengthen him. Gabriel strengthens world leaders God wants. And he removes leaders God doesn't want. We've been talking about Gabriel just singing. Are you kidding? Gabriel's a political thing. He's a power player. He's a power broker. And, it's a, and now, when I show thee the truth, behold, there shall stand up yet three kings in Persia, and the fourth will be far richer than they all. And by his strength, through his riches, he shall stir up all nations against the realm of Greece. So Greece had to fight to become a nation. And somehow or another, we want to be eternal, uh, uh, an eternal nation or join the citizenship of God's kingdom, and we don't want to fight. Now, this is important because he said to me, and he runs through the whole thing. So our job is to fight. Revelation 3, 7, and you can read it on your own time, 7 to 13, is a reiteration, has Jesus himself reiterating Isaiah 22 that I just read to you. This is powerful stuff, folks. I keep saying Christianity is not for cowards. And, it, and, and Christianity will crumble or compromise. 
You know, I used to try to be nice, but I'm not a pastor. So now I can give up on that one. You know, I try. I try to get the soft voice. I listen to some of those women. I said, oh, this is such a nice voice. So soft. <laughs> a little bit melodic. Not me. I, I'm, baby, I'm the percussion. I can't get around it. I try. I'm the one of thrills. And so what am I saying to you? Do you understand that? So look at this. Um, I, I want to show this to you, the last piece, and then and I'm going to go through because I'm not, there's nothing to teach. Um, in this, I wanted to provide you, if you have it, take a screenshot if you want, but I wanted to provide you with our global apocalyptic prayer targets, and I put as many of them as I knew God had. We're going to go over these the next time we get together. But if you look to the left, you can, left, you can see our prayer target and global apocalyptic prayer project, key of David's prayer. That's why we're sovereign. Sovereign prayer. And so apocalyptic offerings, these are our principality prayer potencies. You have to, hold on, let me see if I get big. Oh, son. I'm burning. All right. Oh, that's how you do that. So here you can see the the whole, the, the symbol. And we have a global apocalyptic prayer project. And then we understand how we're sovereign. We are the offspring of the Godhead. We are the elect that was in Christ before the foundation of the world. Somebody's going to hear that eventually. Okay? And then here is our apocalyptic offspring. These are our principality prayer potency. You know, I like to throw God's hand. That's why I keep it. And we'll go through the cloud next time we're together. But point number one, apocalyptic Prayer is key of David's prayer. Jesus said, I open and no one shut, and I shut and no one opens. We can shut this down. If we get in our station, if we get in our place, we can stop this. I don't care that it's 40 years in the making. Trust me, we can do this. Because when those devils leave those humans, they go back to being mortal. And they fall under the judgment of their mortality. David, the sovereign. That's who we are. Jesus is the eternal David. Jesus as David. We are operating on Jesus' authority, opening no man can shut, shutting no man can open, or permitting and restricting according to the will of God. We are God's apocalyptic sovereign. We're going to have to get used to that. You're going to have a lot of people to say, that's not true. And you know what? Don't argue with them. Just say, yeah, well, it's not for you. See, because we want to go and try to convince people who have already made their mind that anything Jesus any advantage Jesus has they don't want. So you're just going to say it's not for you. Don't even get into all of that stuff. If they decide they want to come off their high horse and find out more, that's another story. We are the God, his offspring. We are God's mighty ones in the earth, and we are his principality of light and life. That's our potency. Identity, the key to destiny. If you know who you are, you not only know where you're going, you know what to do when you get there. Amen. There is that. Right. Oh, this is so good. You know, I'm reminded of uh, something that you taught us a while back when you were talking about Revelation and how so much of that is an option. We don't realize how much of an option it is that the people of God decide to rise up. They can literally stay the hand of that darkness Mm -hmm. and 
you know, however many generations, but that has been really resonating with me as we've been going through this apocalyptic prayer assignment. Every time I'm in prayer, just remember that we have the power to stay the hand of darkness. You know, mm-hmm. this is up to us to decide what goes down in our generation. I just think that that's very powerful. We need this message right now. I'm very thankful for it because not many people are speaking like this. I think that there are people who are genuine people have got to know that there's something we should be doing, but without that revelation, without that apostolic, those apostolic keys, you don't really have it. You're, you you know there's something, you're grasping at something, but I'm thankful for a program like this because we have language that we can say, this is what it is, and this is what we need to be doing. So I want to encourage you guys, if you haven't yet, to download your prayer project packets um, <clears throat> on the store so that you can really understand this powerful language there about what we're supposed to be praying and how we're supposed to be putting it together. One of the things I jotted down just from today we must understand our job. You're talking to us that this is our job. Mm-hmm. I think that, that that understanding is really important for us to be able to take this on. If we don't think it's our duty, I feel like it goes all the way back to um, uh, being a consumer versus an owner. owner. Dr. Price taught a message. Uh, go to the bookstore. Grab this message because I think it's really timely for right now. It's under the ABCs of Apostleship Series. This is when she was first laying down for us what it meant to be apostolic, right? Mm-hmm. We, with this literally been a journey getting here. Like, we haven't just started at the place that we understand that we're apocalyptic children. Mm-hmm. This started way back when we were just sort of figuring out that we weren't evangelical, right? Yep. We had to come out of that. Um, and so she taught us this message called owners versus consumers. I really want to encourage you guys to get it because I think it will help you to really get this, this understanding that we're hearing right now. You mm-hmm. need that backdrop to really recognize that this is our job and, that, and the reasons why this is our job. So I want to encourage you guys to download that from the bookstore owners versus consumers. You can just put that in the search and it'll pull up. But that's what I wrote down is, is just the, co- the compilation of these notes to say this is our job, this is our responsibility, so we cannot allow this to happen on our watch. I think that's so important, right, because we've just been talking about that. We are the watchers of this generation and, and the generation to come. God's been talking to me a lot about that and the generation coming after us. We have to care about what's happening and what will happen for them too. So I just uh, wanted to reiterate that today that's so important what you said and then we must understand our sovereignty. And I think that that's the key to what you're talking about here because I don't think that we're going to be able to raise up in power in our prayer times if we don't accept sovereignty. So if we don't accept that we have a sovereign right to dismiss these devils, we won't do it. You know, I, I know y'all, I know you're hearing Dr. Price, right, and you're like, oh, I'm going to practice being that powerful. And we really do have to practice because it's something that's in an, an identity that we have to believe when we're praying, you know, and that, that prayer project packet really talks about that, that you have to first decree who you are, mm-hmm. and you have to believe that's who you are before you start going after these devils. So, again, just summing that up, I think it's so powerful that we have to grasp that. You know, that is, you know, I love the prophets, and I particularly love how my prophets just get it. They just hang tough, and they just get it, um, and, and they surprise me all the time. They're always surprising me. Um, the richness that the Lord is sharing. But I want to tell you something, and I want you to get this. If you don't feel like it's yours, stay in your own faith. This here is for the make it happen people. We are apocalyptic Christians are God's go-to saints. He comes to us to enlist our services, like he did with Gideon, as he did with Moses as he did with David, Abraham, God is coming to you saying, you know, even Deborah and uh, Samuel, God is coming to you saying, I need your help. Can you back me? Can you, can you get behind me? What did Isaiah say? Who will go for us? 
So you have to decide if you if you are one. You know, there are a lot. I love this uh, millennials. I'm not keep saying that. I'm, I'm going to get me some more millennials. I like them. I'm going to need me some millennials. Because you know what? They are bold. They are fearless, and they are who God will use. They are the gut, not just the Joshua generation, but the Gideons. You know, they are the people, the Deborah. They are the ones that say, yeah, but you know what? I don't want my future or my old age to be like this. That's right. So you war in your youth so you can be assured in your older years. So you are, the, right now, they are going to, because that's what Gates was doing. He paid all of his money, all of these education programs and whatnot, to guarantee his vision for the future that he will not be alive in is still thriving. But well, we, God did it first. Ooh, so we are not going to let you do this. Uh, and I'm, I know it. I want to have some classes with my millennial folks, you know. I'm calling kids. I'm pushing 70. I think I can play there. Okay. I've been waiting. I can now do it. I think I could probably get senior citizens discount. Never could get those. Keep trying to change the number on me. But I'm telling you that you young people, you can create the, the watch. You realize that if we do well and you do well now, you won't get the Solomon Golden Era. See, we must war. That's just how it is. So you have to let Jesus know you walk, you walk the United States of America or your nation, whatever it is. You put your nation's name in there. I want it to be thriving. I want it to be healthy. I don't want to be the product of a gay vaccine where they are putting chips in my bloodstream. Why is he pushing this? The man hates us. I promise you, and when you watch that video, you're going to find out he hates us. And when you go to, what is it? Band? Oh, band.video. Go to band.video. I went there, and I'm telling you, everything you need to know to get the other side of the story is on that side. That's why they want to control your computer, so it can't go different places. But that's all right. We used to do a lot of things. I mean, we can still make DVDs. We can still make CDs. We can still have some jump, 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 jump. We can go back to some things. But let me tell you something. Before they locked us down on computers, that's how we did it. We can still do that. We can still go ahead and, and make whatever we want and get the the, what do you call it, the computers with no modem. They need a modem to find you. They, you, need to, you need Office 365 for them to know what you're doing. Just remember, they've got a head start. They may have started it, but we can finish it. So we need to, when you start praying about these principalities, I want you to call their name. So you need to go and do your homework to find out all the names. Because <laughs> you don't know the names. We know two or three names. But, you know, everybody, they're at the peak. I mean, for this man to come out and act like he's sick in a, a public office and you are a technology mogul, yeah, he got something really horrible planned for us, and you and I need to find out what it is. Yeah. To dovetail up what Prophet Adia said, your statement, Satan didn't believe that God could bring Jesus back to life. No, nope, did not. And we really have to believe that God can do this. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to get out there, and you mentioned it earlier, hoping, maybe, we'll see, and a hesitant soldier on the battlefield is deadly. It's a deadly soldier who's dead? Who's dead, and the people around him. 
as well. You've been taken out because you're hesitating and you're not making a move and you're waiting to see. That's not who you want on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. In, in any type of battle arena, whether it's the corporate roundtable or actually in, in uh, military warfare, mm-hmm. you don't want those people. So you, we really do have to believe that God can do this. We have to believe that he can save the church and that our prayers are effective. Yes. And collectively, what we can do yep. as a church, as the elect. As the elect. As the elect. You are the elect ecclesia. Yes. It's not just a clique. No. Not just Christians. Twisting in the wind. Just twisting in the wind. Blowing in the wind. <laughs> but we really have to get in the spirit when we do believing, first of all, that when we get out there, there are others out there. All oh, over I'm, the world. And it's not I'm just us. Yes. Yes, and that God can do this. It's already in motion. And believing that it's already in motion and that we're not trying to crank up some sort of spiritual engine to get God's breakthrough moving, but that he's already breaking through, but we do have to do our part. Like Jesus in hell, Holy Ghost is in Bruce. Yeah. Holy Ghost said, well, I'm I'm, I'm coming to get myself. (laughs) Okay, God's sitting there saying, okay, come on, it's time for us all to come back together. I mean, I really wish Christian artists or filmmakers would get beyond the people's issue with God, you know, dramas. I'm just mad at God. He took baby, I want them to get into, but before there was sci-fi, there was God-fi. I want them to get into Jesus' spot. I want them to tell the story as it is, because the story is good. The story is entertaining. It's commanding. We don't have a superhero. Yes, we do. We got tons of them. Well, we talk about Guardians of the Galaxy. Are you kidding? We own the galaxy. We hired you, Guardians. Yeah. Psalm 82, we hired you, and you didn't do well. I like what you said. Not on my watch. Powerful stuff. I would love that to happen. Um, did you want to say so connect you with the people who can get things done? I think a lot of people have a lot of ideas, but don't know if they're right. Yeah, well, I can help you. Call me. Dr. Price, me, drpaulaaprice.com. Let's put this yes. stuff out there because those nights that you're talking, Heston was wonderful for his era. Yes. Okay? We, we, but, 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 but we need to come on. You be up and book. Come on, come on up to it. We need to get in the 21st century where we stop yeah. telling the same old story. What this man, what he lived before he became flesh, yeah. what he's living since he's gone back home, Jesus is bad. I'm like, you know, most Christians don't even know Jesus fights. What? He got, he, Jesus doesn't have fights. So that's why you won't fight, because you don't think that he's a fighter. You don't think he's a warrior. You don't think the man's a strategist or tactician. Now, we got soldiers, some of the greatest soldiers in history talking about Jesus told them. Yes. yes. Jesus gave me. And yet, you don't know, we don't know him. I'm telling you, God, if you will listen to me, can we put the true Jesus on the big screen the way he was, is, and is to come? We just thank you for that. Yes, sir. We need the big Jesus on the screen. We do not need that Christian Jesus. We need the God of the elect. We need the God that went to heaven. Not the 
Baby, because that little turkey boy is not helping us at all. Well, you said the Holy Ghost is going to destroy us. Come on now. Because you don't think the Holy Ghost is. But I'm, 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 can I just say why I say it and then I'll let you talk because you got about This is your show. Yeah, but you got, you got something else to say. I feel it. So I want to hear it. And let me tell you why I say the Holy Ghost. Because when Herod yeah. thought he was going to do what the Christian church has done, move people's mind from the real Jesus to the fake institutional Jesus, when Herod thought that, he got all dressed up, the book of Acts said. He got in finery. He put on his best guard, and he decided to blend the gospel of Jesus Christ with his political views and objectives. And the Bible says that the angel of the Lord struck him. And he died. We would have said, drop dead or causes unknown. <laughs> he killed those. He killed those, okay? And then he said, and the worms ate him. Now think about that. Because see, here is where you want to you want to say there's no Jesus or whatever. He, either he stayed there a long time, listen to me, either he stayed there long enough for rigor mortis to set in, or where the angel struck him, gutted it. Because we just look like he just, and he just fell over. No, the angel gutted it. Now, Here's the thing. There are people who see angels all the time and see what God is doing. They're the ones that gave us the backstory. First story is he, he, he was obese, he ate too much, had the wrong food, gut exploded. There you go. That's, that's the scientific point. So let's go to the supernal. So let's talk about the Holy Ghost as the destroyer. Ananias SFI. This is why they don't want to process and process back in because some of those choto. He's cut up on They went in, uh, and Peter said, why did you let Satan put it in your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? And he said, um, the, uh, so in, in that moment, the spirit of truth on Peter caused him to drop this. Girlfriend comes in, honey, because because you we're gonna take a we're gonna take a, a, a round the world trip with the rest of this money. You, well, you know, because you know, I mean, I'm telling you, honey, we're not gonna give all that money to the church. I mean, why would we give it to the church? Okay, and I mean, and a preacher? Why should a preacher live better than Let me tell you, girlfriend came up. Peter just asked the question. Holy Ghost. He said, the feet of those who took your husband out, they're coming to get you. And so we we don't hear um, that side of the story because we got Christians who said, I knew it, but I didn't want to say it and all of that. I call fear off the body of Christ. I call fear off the apocalyptic elect. I command fear to loose you. Phobos, your time is up. I command Phobos to loose you and let you go. I demand yeah, every manifestation of Phobos to be remanded to the abyss. Every spirit he bred, I command it to be remanded. It's to prove itself by an end to the horror shows that are terrifying your eyes in Jesus' name. I did go to Amen. Well, it's play time. It's play time. All right, it's time to sow that 
see so you have the details on your screen. I'll go through them with you right now. You can still be a cash app, and her handle there is Dr. Paula Price, or you can do paypal.me slash Dr. Paula Price, or you can do text to give. And that number is 918 You know this is good. You know you just sow a seed today. And we're going to encourage you to become a regular patron of this program by visiting us online. At That's how you can support always. You can do a monthly or however they break it up, but you can find out those details online, takingiton.com, and begin to support this program on a regular basis. Well, we have come to the end. You will have access to that cloud from the prayer project uh, word cloud. So you, you and your group, you can assign different areas to your group. There's a lot we can do. I will give you instructions on it. But I want to tell you, first of all, thank you for all of you all who've been supporting me. It is a blessing that I have a family like you, that we can take this on. One of the things that God assigned me to do is to tell you that this is a commission. You know, we have prayer assignments. We have prayer group, but this is a prayer commission. We are commissioned by God as his apocalyptic sovereign to pray down his problems. We deal with the spirit. Let me tell you something. God will deal with the flesh. You are to be apocalyptic elect Christians. We are not just going to walk around saying, Father, please, we're sitting in our heavenly seat, and we're saying from here on we, we legislate this spirit because we're in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So I needed you to get that and to understand we are God's 21st century prayer commission. See, the commission has governmental, regulatory, and legislative authority, not so much with a sign or tax. God bless you. I will see you Sunday at the Congregation of the Mighty where God sings. Uh-huh.